Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Baby steps, slowly, very slowly, especially for me. We begin to distance ourselves from Monday nights and look back at the season in a much broader view. Was 2021 a success or was it a failure or somewhere in between? Everyone has their own opinion and no one is wrong. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 529, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So does the 24-hour rule exist for the playoffs? Obviously, it does when you win. But what about when you lose? When are you supposed to move on? Because, MJ, I'm having a hard time three days later. Well, normally, back in the day when the locker rooms were open, it was kind of like exit interviews, and they obviously meet with the general manager, position coach, the head coach, and then you find out, we don't find out, but guys that need surgery. So when the players did the Zoom exit interviews or um, in Kingsbury, that kind of put a you know a period for me um, but it doesn't prevent, you know, what happened. Um, but now it's the off season, And, you know, I thought they had a talented roster. I don't think anybody questioned the roster going into the season. I think the front office over the last two years put enough talent for this team to make a run. It didn't happen last year, and, and it was short-lived this year. So hopefully it's something they can learn from, including Kyler Murray, because um, – when he goes back and watches that film, he's not going to be very happy. And the best thing for him to do is learn from it and then put more work in when it comes to watching film and just the little things that he talks about he needs to apply to himself. Mentioned in our last show that the season and the way the season ended leaves you wanting more. It was unfulfilling. And winning 11 games is not supposed to feel that way. But it does here in 2021 – and it does because 7-0 and and 10-2. and So when you look back at 2021 as a whole, and this is the, not conflict that I'm having, but I certainly understand both sides. 2021, when you look big picture, as difficult as it is, how do you view it? How would you describe the 2021 Arizona Cardinals? Well, if you take body of work, there was a lot of progress um, between the head coach and the quarterback, um, but it was disappointing how it ended. Progress, body of work, disappointing, and almost embarrassing what happened on Monday Night Football against the Rams. Now, going into the season, we thought the third year, and we've always you know, labeled you know, the Patrick Mahomes, even though he got a chance to sit his first year, he did play in Week 17 at the time. Uh, you look at guys like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. So I think they checked that box. But going into year four, Cliff has to figure something out when it comes to the second half of the season. And I thought Kyler regressed. Um, and maybe coming back from the injury, I never heard anything. He was, really wasn't on the injury report, and I don't think it was. I think it was more mental. And he's going to have to prove himself in year four because the Cardinals are going to have to make a decision internally. What is his future? So we talk about this was a big year. 
And if Kingsbury got off to a three and five start, uh, you would have heard the whispers. He's on the hot seat. That didn't happen. And according to everything we're hearing, he's he's going to be the head coach. I'm not surprised. I'm not calling for anybody to get fired. Um, but things got to get better. But year four is going to be more important than year three when it comes to the head coach and the quarterback. There is pressure, expectation before every season. And I think I've said it each of the last two seasons or the off season. like, hey, this is a critical off season, critical season ahead. No more season more important than this one upcoming. <laughs> well, it's always the next one. And exactly. That's that's the, 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 the thing here is that, okay, well, here we are again going into 2022 off season and the regular season could be the most important as far as the direction of the franchise. Where is it headed? And what happens here now over the next several months when you talk about free agency, the draft, off-season workouts, training camp, and then the regular season begins because you know all of that's going to happen. We're going to talk about it here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to get excited again, yet at the same time, there is going to be that voice in the back of my head, and I'm not going to be the only one. Get me to December. Uh, It doesn't really matter what happens in September, October, November. Get me to December. What are you doing in December? What are you doing in January? Now, it's hard. That's, that's me here at the end of January yeah. saying all of this. My thing is, you you have to respect the process. I hear the same thing. Well, you know, some of the local media and they, they're entitled to their opinion. Like, I'm really not going to pay attention to the month of December. Well, um, if the team is struggling, then the narrative will be, well, it's time to possibly move on. If the team can build off of what they did this year and get back into the postseason and I got I mean just off the cuff they couldn't play any worse going to a postseason game next year but I'm telling you this organization if they're going to make a commitment to Kyler Murray they have to know where he is after year four they know where he's after year three and if they're going to make a commitment to Cliff Kingsbury they have to know both of these guys when they are 10 and 2 we're looking at extensions to me those extensions are on the back burner J.J. Watt called it, talking about this season, when he was asked post-game on Monday, called it a massive failure, considering the start and the finish. So he's not wrong in that respect. D.J. Humphreys, the day after, asked about how he would kind of sum up this season and is this team heading in the right direction. He believes it is, quote, but it's definitely hard to see when you end the way you did, end quote. And that is what we're all trying to figure out and digest because, to your point, yeah, the win total increased by three. There are a handful, maybe even two hands worth of players that you can say, you know what, we're going to build around them. They're going to remain a part of this future offense, defense, and special teams. So you have a nice foundation. Yet all anyone now has the images of and the emotions of is 34 to 11. And that sticks out like a sore thumb to a lot of people. And I'm I completely agree with it. Yet at the same time, I'm right there. I'm raising my hand. Eventually you got to turn the page. <laughs> and maybe that's next week. I'll say this. In JJ Watt, really he really uh started the fire when it came to the offices in a good way. I mean, he really got excitement going and the fact that he chose Arizona, he announced the news but I didn't hear any other players say it was a 
uh, massive failure. Okay, he played eight games this year. Okay, it's great to say that, and he's kind of like E.F. Hutton, so pay, people will take that. Everyone else is saying it was embarrassing. So um, I don't necessarily agree massive failure, but he's he's played the game, and he knows what happened. Um, I th- think everyone thought they could win a playoff game, and then just the whole idea was to get in. So I don't know. If, I, I don't know if that I'll go that strong. I know that it hurts because they are they wanted to win and they expected to win. But I mean, I want to hear a guy that's played you know 15 to 17 games make that comment, not a guy that you know played seven games. And and the fact is he couldn't stay healthy, and that's part of when you signed him. So uh, I know what he's saying, um, but I don't know if I would have said that for a guy that only played eight games. Fair. And to JJ Watt, it's the heat of moment as well. He spoke immediately after Monday's game. Now, other players spoke on Tuesday morning and I think had a better perspective because there's this phrase, you can't see the forest through the trees, meaning you're unable to see the big picture because you're focusing too much on the details. And the details of 2021 include a 1-5 in finish. And that's what everyone is sticking with after Monday. Now, you kind of Get a little bit more time between the end of the game and the next time you address the media or you're talking about this team. And I like what Jordan Hicks had to say because he's as frustrated as anyone. Quote, I think it was a tale of two seasons. Meaning, and he described it, they dominated early. They could do whatever they want offensively. Defensively, they were riding real high. Quote, and then somewhere there, things started to fall apart. Great teams find a way to push through adversity and come together and become better on the other side of that. And they were unable to do it, and they just ran out of time. They tried, but they couldn't. And those are the words and the phrasing of Jordan Hicks. So I think really kind of put a bow on 2021 because it was almost not two different seasons, but two different teams that we saw on the football field. Yeah, and he also said, yeah, he, he that's what he, exactly and the thing is, uh, you know, J.J. Watt wasn't part of that one in five. So, does, again, going back to him, listen, he talks, people listen, but I'm just saying in general, um, I would like to see, and, and after the day after, obviously, you know, you want to talk to guys that have been here, that went through it last year, and we got a chance to talk to, to young players, you know, guys like Antoine Wesley, just, you know, what he's going to do in the off season, how he gave this team a spark when Hop went down, but... Yeah, it was a tale of two different se- uh, two different seasons. It was a 7-0-10-2 start, and then it was the finish. And that is part of this entire 2021 season because it's not the destination unless you're winning the Super Bowl. It's the journey and the highs and the lows and the roller coaster, and it was a heck of a ride those first 12 games, and then it went downhill and downhill quickly the last – six games so this is something now that we all have to figure out come to grips with and then all right as Zach Allen said quote we're pretty upset and then hope that this was something that could be used as motivation towards next year and I do think Zach Allen is one of those players that you can look to as far as next season the seasons after that because it is a young group with respects to some of those players in the locker room that got their first taste of the playoffs. So now, in the words of Zach, quote, it definitely makes you more hungry for it, end quote, talking about the postseason. And that is what I hope that this team learns, having dealt 
with a very difficult finish to 2021. Now that they had a taste of what it's like to win and you know be on the top, for, you know, for the first two and a half, three months of the season, he also said they will attack this off season like they never have before. In other words, if you put the work in, they got great chemistry. They all root for each other. That's where it starts in the off-season workouts. I mean, yes, they're only on the field for a certain amount of time, but they're lifting weights. They can keep these guys here for four hours of meetings, and then it will carry it over to training camp. But he said, based on what they did last off-season, they're going to they're going to hit it even with more intensity. And there's only so much you can do. But he, the more is put the work in. Um, don't think you arrived because there's a guy behind you who's trying to take your job in the future. And really, there is just one team that can walk away from a season feeling good about themselves, and that's the team that wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, he, and if you look at all the other 13 teams, that made it, they're going to end on a loss. Only one team. Now, it would be nice to be in this conversation this weekend, but you're right, at the end of the day, and for the for the other teams that didn't make it, I mean, just imagine their offseason. It started after week 18, and so um, just to be in the picture is, is, is great. But I hope it's a learning experience. You cannot take anything for granted. You just can't step on the field when you go to Detroit and not match their intensity because you'll get beat. And when we look back at that game, that could have helped another win. And maybe we're not talking about you have to win in week 18. So there's, that's the ebb and flows of any season. Some, some You may get off to a good start. You may get off to a bad start. But um, they got to go back to the drawing board, figure it out, what's happening in the second half of the season. But you have to put the work in. And you have to put the work in when nobody's watching. Nobody, you know, it's great. You know, social media, working out, that's great. I know how much Christian Kirk and and, uh, Chase Edmonds and, you know, I'm just singling out a couple guys. Uh, Kennard was here every single day. No cameras around. Nobody, you know, there's no, you know, nobody's filming in the weight room. So put the work in when nobody's watching. The old saying, you know. Just, just do your do your job, and it sounds simple, but they got to get back to just playing clean football, complimentary football. Craig, they have talent on this team, and they're going to add more talent in the future. Every team's goal is to make the postseason. I just don't want it to be the only goal, being satisfied with making the postseason, because that's also I can definitely sense that feeling walking around, listening, reading what is being talked about with this Arizona Cardinals team. Don't be satisfied with just being one of those 14 teams. Now that you're there, figure out how to make it a yearly occurrence and then take steps into the postseason, not just be one and done. Yeah, and I think if you know if the Cardinals would have made the playoffs last year, who knows if it would have been short-lived. But when you don't make the playoffs in six years, this is progress. But now you want to build off this year. And it doesn't mean you need to win 13, 14 games next year. It's meaning you win close games, you learn how to finish, um, and you better make sure you finish a regular season to where you're not limping in the playoffs. There's a lot of things to, to grow from and learn from, and we'll see how it applies to every single player in that locker room. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we mentioned, exit interviews happening this week. Had a chance to speak or hear from a handful of players on Tuesday and props to those players that did address the media because, and even those that did post-game on Monday because that is not an easy thing to do. And at the end of each season, no matter what sport I've covered, 
when we had the opportunity to have those interactions, those one-on-one moments at the end of the year, I always thanked the players because I always tried to put myself in their shoes, MJ. You just lost a heartbreaker or your season just came to a crashing halt. And then all of a sudden, you got a microphone stuck in your face and you're asked why. What happened? And I don't know, to be honest, if I could do a good job like we've seen this season from a number of players, a Christian Kirk, a Jordan Hicks, just to name a couple, to where they're standing up there or through a Zoom and answering the tough questions because, yes, and I understand, it's part of their job. Some guys do it better than others. Some guys don't do it at all because you get asked and get told no, then all of a sudden it's on to the next player, which is their complete right. But I always like to say, all right, how would you handle that? And to be honest, Bird Gang, I don't know if I'd be able – I would not be one of those go-to guys in the locker room. I just don't think I would. Yeah, and they announced the uh, Good Guy Media Award uh, in honor of Steve Schoenfeld. He was a a longtime writer. Unfortunately, he was killed in a hit-and-run accident. And and I'll give Christian Kirk a lot of credit. Now, obviously a, a hometown guy, he speaks well. But he was kind of the go-to guy when things weren't going right. And so you get those guys. And, I, and actually, when I was asked, who would you vote for, I, vo- I voted for Christian Kirk and Jordan Hicks. And, you know, obviously Hicks won based on the no- numbers. But even when they were winning, Christian Kirk, was he was calm one week at a time, one game at a time. And, and when they were losing, he would still talk to us on a Tuesday because players were off on Monday. He would still talk to us on Tuesday and still – have confidence in what was going on, but he knew that they needed to play better. So, yeah, I, I thank all those guys, and and, and I hope the fan base – I know the fan base is upset and all that stuff, but these guys are not robots. They're human. And I am not faulting anyone that's being upset, disappointed. You have your emotions, and I'm right there with you. And at the same time, I think we all have to kind of take a step back and realize, to your point, you brought it up on our last show, how much fun – this season was as difficult as it is and I'm right there with you you look back and say how fun that first two three month stretch was and that's parts of being a fan because you're enjoying the ride and the emotion of a journey trying to get to your destination when you fall short it hurts it's supposed to hurt it's supposed to sting Zach Ertz brought that up when he addressed the media that this is going to sting and to accept that, to embrace it, because it should help you push you forward this offseason and into the next season. Yeah, I really think for me it started an offseason workout just with all the new faces, J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, A.J. Green. Uh, Ertz didn't get here until you know week eight or nine. And then the draft class, I, I, it started there. And then in training camp, uh, that's when this, this team was humming. I, that's why I was so bullish on what this offense can look like. Now, we can get into later in the summer here or the spring about how sustainable it is. Um, if teams are going to make adjustments, you have to make adjustments. But just yeah, I enjoy training camp. I, I enjoy going every day to training camp because you know how I, I do it. I look at certain positions every day, but, you know, we start looking at new players and, and the first couple of days of practice and – you know, they couldn't cover Rondell Moore or A.J. Green. It was interesting. And then you see a guy like Wesley showing flashes. And then you see a guy like uh, Marco Wilson where his skill set and the and the athleticism and the speed from Rondell Moore. So, you know, I, I, I felt really good about this team. Um, I did have them winning double digits, um, but I did not have them, you know, going on a 
one and five finish when it came to the regular season. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we kind of put a bow on what happened on the field in 2021 and slowly but surely move forward here in 2022. There are some injury updates we need to pass along, MJ, and it is all good news. One, for those that might have missed it, Buda Baker is back in Arizona after spending Monday night in the hospital after suffering a concussion. He posted a video on Instagram, all is good, full recovery expected, so first and foremost, great for Buda Baker. Robert Alford, a couple of more months of rehab of a pectoral injury. Justin Murray had back surgery, will be cleared at the end of February. And then DeAndre Hopkins, who <laughs> may be the most important player on the entire football team based off the numbers. And this is something I want to discuss as we get further along in the offseason because that can't happen next season. But according to the head coach, Hopkins, quote, should be fine over the next month or so, end quotes. We've seen him on crutches, dealing with a knee injury, had knee surgery. But number 10 will be just fine heading into next year. Yeah. As many games as he missed, he still led the wide receivers in touchdowns. Eight. And seven of those, I believe, classified inside the red zone. He had a 20-yard catch, but that's not technically inside the red zone. And Justin Murray was kind of the forgotten guy. Yes. You know, because uh, Brian Winters decided he didn't want to play football anymore. And then we got a chance to see Sean Harlow. We got a chance to see Josh Jones. Um, but Justin Murray was a guy that they were intrigued with. Right tackle. He can play both guard spots. I'm assuming he can play left tackle if something happened in a pinch where you don't have to move too much furniture around. But he was kind of the forgotten guy on the line. And it's good to see he's come back because I I was really impressed with him, what he was able to do with his first year with the Cardinals, just the, his versatility and the fact that he was he's a plug-and-play guy. Now we'll see how the depth chart shakes out. But you can never have enough linemen. You can never have enough depth at that position. That was one of those injuries that happened so early on in the season. He was designated to return, had a setback, so he was placed back on injured reserve for the rest of the season. And then you kind of forget about – a player like that if it happens earlier. But without him, it necessitated Max Garcia going from backup center to starting right guard. Kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, and it's unfortunate when those things happen. But, again, on the injury front, all good news. With respects to what we heard from Hicks, Ertz, DJ Humphreys, Antoine Wesley, Zach Allen on Tuesday, MJ, anything stand out to you above the rest? I know there were some comments about you know, futures and free agency, and I understand all that, but anything that you heard from any particular player or even the head coach that you think is worthy of further discussion here? Well, just, just you know, a lot of people are calling for the head of, of Cliff Kingsbury, and, you know, they look at possibly, you know, uh, what's happened in the last couple of years. But Zach Ertz, to me, he's he never – he obviously didn't have a relationship until he got here, but just how highly he spoke of Kingsbury, where he is one of the better play callers, and people are going to roll their eyes when they hear this. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to target him in, in the Rams game, but he just said that this offense is growing. And I, I know people say, well, it's been three years, Mike. It should be grown. I get it. But this is a new guy that never really was in this locker room or in, you know, playing with the Cardinals, and he speaks very highly of Kyler Murray to where he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Now, again, the proof will be in the pudding. I think Kyler's shown flashes, but I just thought 
Here's a guy that doesn't need to go to bat for anybody. Um, yes, he would like to be here. They would love to retain him. It's a business at the end of the day. His wife loves it out here, so he checks all the boxes. But he didn't have to say that. He could have just said, hey, listen, the season didn't go, and I'm going to take some time off to reflect. But he was very open about what he thinks of the head coach and Kyler Murray. And I respect that because we're not in meetings. We don't know what transpires. He knows the way he calls the game. And if he's impressed, a guy that, you know, basically was not on the roster going into the season, that tells me, and he's a smart guy. And to me, he's not going to put his name behind something he doesn't believe in. He has repeatedly called Kyler Murray the most talented player I've ever been around. And then he added, he and Murray, quote, just are scratching the surface as a tight end quarterback connection. I do believe Zach Ertz wants to be back. Yet, at the same time, there are a number of free agents on this roster, and how do you prioritize? Money becomes a factor as well, but Ertz made it very clear. He enjoyed his time, three months' worth of time here with the Arizona Cardinals, and he would like to be back, quote, but that just might be out of my control, end quote. Well, I'll say this. I anticipate he he will be a priority free agent. Now, I don't know the numbers. Um, obviously, his agent's got to do what's best for him. But when you get to this point in your career, it, it, it's about lifestyle, family, and obviously, you know, playing on a team that can get to the postseason. And then I would bring back Max Williams. They miss Max Williams and love him personal. And we'll talk about this as we get closer to, to you know, after free agency. But the draft is loaded at tight ends. So here you got a veteran guy. And then you got your meat and potatoes guy in Max, and you draft one of these young tight ends for the future, and they'll be your top three there. So they do what they have what they call positional spending. So you got a pie, and you allot so much to your offensive line, to your wide receivers, your running backs, your quarterback, and so there'll be there'll be room for both Max Williams and Zach Ertz to return here and then draft one for the future. And to me, that position will be solidified because over the years, they've been mixing and matching with guys. I mean, the fact that he had more more catches in a certain amount of time than going back to maybe they got to go back to their St. Louis days or when Freddie Jones was here. So uh, to me, that position, he'll be a priority. But that position on paper, um, if everything goes according to plan and Max Williams wants to be here, and like I said, the draft, I'm not saying a first or second round. It's so deep you can get a young guy because we know the tight end position has become more of a, a matchup, whether it's a linebacker or safety. And if you can get that trust, even Kyler had it with Dan Arnold, and he trusts Zach Ertz, and he trusts his, uh, Max Williams. So that position will be probably one of the strengths um, if they can retain and draft. You bring up Max Williams, Hurts week five, and that was another turning point with respect to this offense on how valuable certain players are to the system. It takes 11 on offense, 11 on defense, but when you remove a small piece, sometimes that has – it's like Jenga, that game Jenga. You try to remove yeah. a piece of wood, and all of a sudden it all falls apart. That was DeAndre Hopkins. And for other players, yeah, you might have some – more wobbling or teetering or tottering when you're when you move one of those pieces and Max Williams was one of those pieces and it would be good to see him back in a uniform this upcoming season the other mention I wanted to uh, bring up as far as what was said on Tuesday and that is and we'll have further discussion on this but Jordan Hicks with respects to his future I thought he was very honest he's always been very honest and he was asked flat out 
his relationship, not with the head coach. He spoke very highly of Kingsbury, but where he is with respect to this organization and the team. Would he request a trade again? Quote, I'm not ready to answer that question yet, end quote. And I believe Jordan Hicks, but that's something to pay attention to. He also spoke very highly of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, two young inside linebackers, whether they stay at that spot or not, but two young players that might push a veteran, i.e. Jordan Hicks, out the door. Well, I mean, his cap number is close to $9 million. Uh, you, you can try to move money around. He's getting up there in age, and particularly he did not play well like anybody else in that Rams game. He, And, again, that's because he's playing almost 97% of the snaps. But he's getting everyone lined up, so there's a benefit of the doubt there. Um, when you draft two guys at 8 and 16, they have to be on the field, Craig. And, and I'm not into this Isaiah Simmons moving to outside linebacker. I mean, again, maybe instead of four positions, maybe it's three. But and now the onus is on the players and the coaching staff. They have to get Zayvon Collins ready. None of this, oh, he's going to kind of redshirt this year and he didn't have a lot of snaps. And this team was trying to win football games based on their start versus developing players. Now, if you're – you know, you're five and seven. Now you start playing young players and everything else. But this team was trying to win games while also developing young players. So now the onus is on the players and the coaches to get these guys ready for the upcoming season. The off season is already underway. We have roster moves as well. The first roster moves of the off season: fifteen players signed to future contracts which just means that these contracts can't become official until March 16th, which is the date of the start of the new league year. But 15 players, 13 of whom Berggang you're very familiar with, they either were on the active roster or practice squad at some point this season. Joe Walker is back. Coda Martin is back. Danny Isadora is back. Breon Borders is back. Bernard Sykovitz is back. But there are two additional players that are new to the Arizona Cardinals with respects to future contracts, and those are running back Jalen Samuels and tight end Dion Yelder. Maybe they become something, maybe they don't, but they are now the first pieces of the 90-man roster going in to next season. What do you? I know you had some thoughts on both Samuels and Yelder. I like Samuels. He's he's played for a couple different teams. I want to say he's got at least uh, 35, 40 starts. I mean, you do have two running backs that are free agents. I, I would I think they like to retain them. You still have Eno Benjamin under contract. I think Jonathan Moore could be a restricted guy, good special teams player. Again, we we witnessed it this year. You have to have depth at that position. I like it, the fact that he has experience. Um, doesn't preclude the Cardinals from drafting a guy, depending on how many draft picks they end up with. And then Yelder is another guy that has experience. And, again, maybe they're looking for that tight end that can do more than just catch the ball, that can block. But the fact is both of these guys have experience. A lot of these guys that they brought back, Bacelli, uh, Bacelli Bortles, um, uh, Isadora, Cody Martin, they're young guys. So you, you want to sprinkle a nice youth for your practice squad, but you want some other guys to push for competition. And I do think when you look, you look at Samuels and Yelder, they will do that. Maybe not in off-season workouts, but in training camp. I don't want to go one and one equals two as far as project, but when you look at Samuels, just his measurables, 6 feet 225, he is similar to a James Conner. 
not a Chase Edmonds. Now, both are free agents, but are you better suited because you're bigger, stronger for a 17-game regular season, 18-game, 18-week regular season? No, that's a good observation because Eno's more like Chase, and Jonathan Ward's kind of like both. And, again, you have to play on teams if you're not the – top two backs on the roster. And Samuels can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got 85 catches for 564 yards, four touchdowns, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the fifth round in 2018. And, oh, yeah, NC State. So he already has a connection with the most important person within the organization. That would be Adrian. Will- oh, wait, uh, no, Steve the general Kine. manager, Steve Kahn. <laughs> Doesn't hurt that both no. the GM and and A-Dub went to NC State. No. But I, I found that interesting. It's probably just coincidence, but, but that, it did stand out to that me. That is a good observation size-wise, if you're not able to retain James Conner. Now, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying size-wise, you, you, want, you want a bruiser. And the fact that when they were in short yardage this year, you didn't have to worry about Murray. Um, even Edmonds is good from the 20s to the 20s. But Conner's third and two, fourth and one, goal line. He, he was a bowling ball. And it's going to be hard to replace it, and I'm hoping they retain him, and they can go t- they can, they can go four deep at that running back position. So if injuries do occur, there's not going to be a huge drop off. Now there were a handful of players that were not signed to future contracts, and again, these are players that are free agents. They can choose to sign with whomever they want, or the Cardinals might bring them back at a later date. But names that we have talked about a lot this season not signed: Tavian Feaster. Another running back who was like a ping pin uh, ping pong ball as far as going from practice squad to elevated to back to the practice squad. Kevin Peterson, a cornerback. Bashad Breland. Those three players not signed to futures contracts. Now they're by team choice or by player choice, or maybe later on they have a conversation and they are on the 90-man roster. But those three names we talked a lot about them during the regular season not a part of this list of initial 15 players. Well, Peterson to me is, is you know, I don't I don't know what kind of markets out there for him, and he, he's really a special teams player, and he did bail this team out playing corner. Uh, Breland was more just a veteran guy, and if he didn't get sick, he probably would have been active against the Rams. So, he'll again, he, he was on the street, so he'll be out there. Um, but that's a position they're going to have to address in the draft or free agency, and, you know, I don't think they have to go out and spend a ton of money because you got all those guys that are under 25 years old. They need to be more consistent when it comes to Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton's more of a depth guy, Kevin Peterson's more of a depth guy, and then you know Alford. We'll see. I I would bring Alford back. Um, you know I I know he wasn't able to finish the season, but to me he's one of your physical. And people will mention Byron Murphy, but Alford to me would have been a great matchup on Do- Odell Beckham Jr in all three games. One other name, Zach Kerr, the defensive lineman who spent some time on the active roster, not brought back, but that's because he was signed by the Bengals off the Cardinals practice squad. So Zach Kerr's season continues. So congratulations to him. More on the Bengals in a moment. And the other item, according to reports, Vance Joseph will have his interview with the Dolphins on Friday would love to see Vance Joseph get another opportunity to be a head coach. I think he's well past deserving. He needs to get another opportunity. Yet at the same time, it would be a huge blow, in my opinion, to lose Vance Joseph. Happy for him, yet at the same time, 
when you're having success, then all of a sudden teams look to you, okay, what are they doing? Are there people that we can uplift and promote? Vance Joseph, again, deserves to be the head coach, yet I think he has done great things for the Cardinals' defense. Well, just like Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury were looking at extensions based on what happened down the stretch, I'm glad he's getting an interview. It's all you want to do is get in front of the decision makers. He has a relationship with the organization. And, and, and again, it's good just to go in there and, and give your philosophy. But based on how things happen, I don't see him possibly getting that gig. I could be wrong. We'll wait and see. And, of course, we'll follow along here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, you know what I got in my hand here, MJ? Right here, I am uh, – not opposed to this. I just was hoping that we wouldn't have to be discussing it here at the end of January. Mock draft season. Mel Kuyper Jr. And there's only a handful that we'll kind of pay attention to because a lot of people just don't pay attention to the college game, but Mel Kuyper Jr. does. Okay, and, and and they put a lot of work in there, and he's been doing it for years. And, you know, there's Daniel Jeremiah, there's Dan Brugler, there's Todd McShay. I don't pay attention to mock drafts. I rank players. Do I take a look? Yes. But when you're picking 23, let's flip a coin. It is a research tool, but the first name, and I'll be honest with you, Bird Gang, I have no idea who this player is. I have no <laughs> idea who he is. Purdue defensive end George Karlaftis. All right, let's call Rondell Moore. I'm hoping that I pronounce his name correctly. 275-pound defensive end, four-and-a-half sacks in 2021, but good pressure, even though he didn't always get home to the quarterback, is what Mel Kuyper Jr. wrote as part of his write-up, and good against the run. So, again, just the first of many names that will be brought to the attention of Cardinal fans. And now, to me, if you if you want to get better, you got to get better in the tr- trenches. Yes. And that doesn't mean, you know, some teams will not draft an all, uh, unless you're like an all-pro lineman. Teams try to use a third or a fourth-round pick. So defensive line, to me, would be a need um, and a priority. Maybe you do that in free agency. They did that the last year with J.J. Watt. And the offensive line, defensive line, to me, that's where you would take a guy that m- m- is more of a rotation guy, but in the future he's going to be a stud. You know, that defensive tackle like Fletcher Cox, Geno Atkins, some of those guys where, you know, you can you can lean on them and, and they can split a double team. I like the position. Don't know a lot about the player. You tell me that Karloftis, it says he's in defensive end, but if you can find him to be a Aaron Donald type, is there an Aaron Donald? Hey, Aaron Donald was drafted 13th overall. Yeah, he was not a top 10 pick. J.J. Watt was not a top 10 pick. So you can find studs, Hall of Famers, that are not quote-unquote lottery picks, if you will. Okay, just before we go, I want to go back to um, – we mentioned it briefly on the postgame show, and maybe we mentioned it on, on Monday when we or Tuesday when we did the uh, our show and then we did the Red Sea Report. So I talked to someone that was in, with uh, Aaron Donald – when he was drafted. And I guess one of the first OTAs, he's out there, and and a lineman cut him in practice. True story. He went over there and grabbed his face mask, ripped it off, the screws are going everywhere. And somebody told me, yes, he's mild-mannered off the field, but he's got this trigger in his brain where he, he can control it. So 
I'm getting to when he tried to choke. He didn't get there, but he literally tried to put his two hands around DJ Humphreys, and then they got him off the field. Calm down. But they say he's got this trigger, and the fact that he, this is how strong he is. He re- grabbed his face mask, pulled it right off him, and the screws were coming out. That's impressive. I'm trying to get a visual just like, yeah. I wonder what the guy's face looked like. Uh, by the way, DJ Humphreys was asked about that altercation, and he was like, "What? I don't know." Humphreys was like, "I don't know what happened or what." So, I'm just, again heat of the moment kind of things. It happens. Yet, I do think Sean McVay was smart to pull 99 off the field. Yeah, it it always happens against the Rams, though. Yeah, I, he's like he's like Danny Ainge. You want him on your team, and if he's on another team, you don't like him. But he's a great player, so I respect him. Very, very good player. By the way, divisional round of the playoffs. Who you got? Four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Bengals at the Titans, followed by the 49ers at the Packers. That's the schedule for Saturday. Maybe Derrick Henry returns for Tennessee. It seems like that's where we're trending. It's going to be cold at Lambeau Field. I'm going to go. You going chalk? No, because I'm pulling for the 49ers. I'm going to go with the hometown team. Team Oh, that's right. Yes. Bay Area. So, and, And again. And they're playing well. And the Packers are coming off a of bye do you, week. Do you, but do you want your division rivals yes, to do well? Yes, because it just goes to show you how good this division okay. is. All right, then you know what? Bengals-Titans, hey, just give me a good game to begin the weekend. 49ers over the Packers on Saturday night. Now, with that being said, I want the Bucks to beat the Rams. <laughs> Wait a second. You can't. With no timeout. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't have one and no. then flip it on me because you had me going there. You're like, okay, oh, well. NFC West, let's see the okay. – yeah, That's but, fair. You know what? On Sunday, Rams at Buccaneers, followed by Bills at Chiefs. <laughs> you say you want the Buccaneers. To, I want the Buccaneers to win as well because there are a lot of good coaches on that Tampa Bay sideline that were here with Arizona. So go 49ers. Rams, sorry. Okay. You're out of luck. We can only have one yeah. NFC West team but, continue on. But over the last – I mean, Jared Goff and McVay got to the Super Bowl against the, um, the, uh, the Patriots. Patriots. 49ers got there. Um, probably should have won that game. Um, and then Seattle's been there. So if any team reps to the NFC West, I will root for them. Okay, that's fair. Whether 49ers or Rams get there. But but uh, your priority is 49ers first, Rams second. Yes, just okay. because <laughs> you know how I feel about the Rams. They are so arrogant. And you know what? They backed it up, and they went all in, and that's what uh, the ownership wanted. So um, – I would just like to see him get beat. Do I even bother to ask you who you're pulling for on the nightcap on Sunday? Bills at the Chiefs, a rematch of last year's AFC title game, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes? Well, my heart's saying Buffalo, but with what the Chiefs did in that third and fourth quarter, I don't know if they could be stopped. Now it's all going to come down to – Yeah, but Buffalo, I, don't, I, no, I saw a stat that they've punt, They've had zero punts in three of their last four games. Yeah, and they went. They scored touchdowns on seven straight possessions. It was almost a near-perfect performance. And, and last year they couldn't run the ball. They can run the ball now. He's utilizing the tight ends. And they, they lost Tredavious White. He's one of the best corners in football. So be curious to see the matchups there. Um, but Cincinnati's interesting because Vrabel's not going to let his team um, – look over them. And the first playoff win in 31 years, they have a young, talented team. Now they have to go on the road. And people were talking about, you know, Joe Burrow and how well he played. Well, they were at home. So, and again, Cardinals, they didn't have a great record, but 
I'm sure everyone in the building would, would ho- like to see them host a playoff game. But um, we'll see about the n- two number one seeds. That's the other thing. Bengals, momentum, if you buy into that. Titans, they were off. 49ers playing well down the stretch. The Packers, they lost week 18. Aaron Rodgers didn't play the second half, did not play last week. Everyone with the Packers was home watching everything on television. And, and you know, Kyle Shanahan's kind of had, you know, um, Matt LaFleur's number a little bit. It's just it's interesting. And they all work together. McVay, LaFleur, and um, Shanahan, they all worked in Washington together. It's, it's crazy. They show their face or they look like they're 25, 28 years old, and they're like one's a coordinator, <laughs> one's a tight ends coach, and one's a wide receiver coach. And here they are, um, you know, a couple wins away from representing their team and going to the Super Bowl. By the way, three of the remaining eight teams, 49ers, Buccaneers, and Chiefs, are on the Cardinals' schedule next season. Oh, that home schedule is going to be a, a murderer's row from a quarterback standpoint, but I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully the Cardinals get a primetime game early in the season. Well, you know, they haven't played well in primetime. In the, in the NFL this year, the first four games, once they make the, the cruise, they thought the Cardinals were not going to be a good team, so that's why we didn't get the A team. But I, I do think with Justin Herbert, we'll see who's, if it's Jameis Winston, uh, Tom Brady, and then Patrick Mahomes, and then you talk about Trey Lance possibly, uh, Matthew Stafford, and we'll see what happens in Seattle. But a great home schedule. You're talking about fireworks. No, I think it just – win at home but that's an entirely different conversation i'm not opening up that door at least not right now on that note hey good weekend of football ahead as difficult as it's going to be with the cardinals not a part of it that is four great games over the course of two days you hear this a lot when you start covering football. Like a lot of people think that this is the best week in a football because obviously you got four quality teams that have earned the right to be here. You know, hopefully, you know, Derrick Henry's coming back. Everyone seems like they're healthy. The quarterbacks are healthy. And then when you get to the conference championship, it's only, it's two games, but you got four teams trying to obviously get to the Super Bowl. So they, this this is a quality doubleheader on Saturday and a quality doubleheader on Sunday. It, I don't think it's going to be like it was Wild Card Weekend where it was one-sided besides the Dallas and 49ers game. All right, so enjoy it, and then we'll talk about it on the other side here on Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.